Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. It actually says whilst, W-H-I-L-S-T, whilst speaking into your mic. Ooh la la, <laughs> so fancy. <laughs> Go and listen to your live page whilst speaking. I'm sorry, <laughs> I forgot my monocle for this podcast. Ooh. I know, right? Jesus <laughs> Christ, this is so fancy. This is the first time. So guys, this is a, a little bit of an experiment here. Uh, hopefully it goes well. But uh, instead of being at the FXBG Public Radio Studios, we're at the uh, Mike Lunsford Dunkin' Donuts Memorial Podcasting Studio. There you go. Memorial. <laughs> Wait, who yeah. died? Mike Lunsford or Dunkin' Donuts? Which one are we memorializing? I'm, I'm thinking Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Probably. They're, they're very much alive and running, I can attest to that. Well, yeah, you do have a cup of coffee from them. I was, I was just, you know how sometimes you just look around and you say things that you see? That, that's pretty much what I did, so... Well, we're moralizing Dunkin' Donuts right now because they're aren't they just Dunkin' now? Because they're like we want to get away from just donuts because we make more on coffee. I think I think that that's what it, it was sense, actually. I think that's what it was actually. I, I had heard that, but I didn't pay attention because I don't care. I'm only there for the donuts. I, I never I never get uh I have to admit I never get food from there. So yeah, we uh, go there just for the donuts. Like uh, it's okay. yeah. Good stuff, though, man. I go there because the coffee's cheaper than Starbucks. Much cheaper. This is true. It is. It is much cheaper. Um, so yeah, guys, we're doing a special episode of uh, GGR Pirate Radio. I guess it's really not special because Friday nights we always do a show, but um, we weren't able to go to uh, FXBG Public Radio tonight. Um, main reason being, um, I had to be home with my son because uh, having him out until like ten or eleven o'clock was just not going to be feasible. Um, because my wife and um, my stepdaughter are touring colleges today, so they weren't going to be home. I wasn't going to have Jax out until the wee hours of the uh, the morning, um, just so that I could talk about nerd things. I figured we could at least just talk about nerd things from the safety and confines of my own home. Mm, makes sense. Yeah, it's not as bad. It's I don't think our fans are picky. They they love us no matter what we do. However, we give them the content. That's this all. This is back they want. to our original, uh, our OG days. So. I know. Yeah, I was just yeah. telling Steve that. I was like, the this three is... of us haven't done. Well, has it been? It's been. God, has it's been almost four years. It'll be in December. It'll be four years when we started wow. this. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it was similar environment. Uh, so yeah. yeah, except it was at Vic's. It was at your place. Yes. With the glass table in your in well, your townhouse. We did a couple yeah. at your house. I remember just me and you one on one did a couple things. Yeah. Also. Yeah, and Steve and I used to go uh, and use the same microphone, actually. We would be in the basement of the house that I was renting. Um, like, I mean, you want to talk about, like, true nerd level. Like, we like, down in the basement, like, shunned. <laughs> like, just get out of here with your podcast. Go downstairs, you losers. Oh, go in the dungeon where you belong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now we've we've managed to, to bring it back to the old days um, via technology, which is, uh, which is pretty awesome. It's pretty cool that we were able to put throw this thing together. Um, Definitely to have to bring the band back together. Um, so, what are we going to be talking about tonight? Well, um, our new tradition. We're going to be talking about uh, the geek sheets. So, Vic, this is a new thing that we started doing. The geek sheets are our nerdy news of the week. Uh, so, I'll okay. send you a link real quick to what what we're going to be talking about. Okay. Um, but then we're also going to be talking about which your topic du jour because you're like our expert when it comes to horror movies. Uh, the, the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling the pressure. Oh, yeah, no worries. But if you mess it up, you're done. Oh, you're so fired. It's, it's a horror degree from a community college, let's say. A horror so, degree from community college. Don't expect that PhD level. So. <laughs> it's an associate's degree. I took a class at Nova on, on horror movies. So. <laughs> it, was, it was a two-year degree. I'm not, I haven't gotten a master's yet, but I'm working on it. You know? I'm not licensed at all. <laughs> I'm not licensed to do this. All right, let me go ahead and we'll get everything started here. But if you guys are tuning in, thank you, first off, for, for listening to our hijinks and shenanigans. Um, we do have a listener. We've got MC Brooks, uh, who is listening tonight. He was supposed to be at a rave tonight uh so i'm gonna give him a hard time for not being at the rave um way to go mc i way think he has his priorities in order so our I show mean, over the rave so and really like isn't it wherever mc is that's where the rave is anyway like if we're being honest about it there you go this is this is true yeah he's he's laughing at us right now actually like <laughs> <laughs> 
He is the party. Um, he said, it, he, oh, he said the rave hasn't started yet. So, okay. All right, that makes sense. Oh, we're, we're, we're the pregame for his we're rave. We're the pregame. That's, That's wow. exciting. That is exciting, man. You don't need liquor when you have us talking. And it's good stuff, man. <laughs> we might have to, MC, if you've got time, man, um, we might have to invite you in on our Skype conversation since we have this working. And you could join us if you wanted to. Just let me know if you want uh, to join us for our horror movie conversation. Um, but without further ado, guys, we're 12 minutes in. Let's go ahead and start uh, the show. Guys, this is GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, we are on greatgeekrefuge.com. Um, and we're going to go ahead and get this party started. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists, you throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same damn thing. So you just put him in the morgue. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? The great pirate Robert is here for you. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory lasts forever. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. What's in the box? Kill her, you son of a... This is called Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to The Great Geek Refuge. My name is Mike Lunsford, and this is our show. In fact, we've got an awesomely special episode for you tonight. We're bringing back the original trio that started GGR Pirate Radio um, three years and 11 months ago, uh, almost to the day. So, who do we have here? Who's the original trio? Well, let me introduce everybody around uh, around the table here. We'll start physically... And then we'll go out to who's joining us uh, via the magical means of technology. Uh, joining me in studio, and by studio I mean my kitchen table, uh, it is Mr. Vic Azim. Official spokesperson of Dunkin' Donuts tonight. Yes. Um, America runs on Dunkin', apparently. DunkinDonuts.com for all of your donut needs. Order some donuts and they'll send them to you in four to six weeks. Sponsor us. Free yeah. Dunkin' for life. I know. Dude, I would, you know what? I would go to Dunkin' exclusively if they sponsored us. Absolutely. Even in, I mean, even if it was just donuts. I'd be down with donuts, right? Yeah. Sounds fair. Put the word out. We gotta yeah. get in contact. <laughs> now, as far as uh, who's joining us by technology, well, via Skype, we've got the second piece of GGR Pirate Radio uh, in this trifecta. It was uh, the three of us originally, and that would be Steve Monick joining us as well. I like to think of our original trio here. If we were Rush, I would be the Neil Pert, right? Can we agree with that? As the drummer, yeah, I'm. I can. You're, you're the you're the backbone. You're the you're 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 keeping the beat going. Yeah. There you go. I, I've been in rehab the last three years, so whichever one was had substance abuse problems would be <laughs> would be would be me. So. I mean that sound that sounds like a lead singer <laughs> thing. So yeah, Vic would be our lead singer. Okay, I just got out. So. <laughs> and of course, apparently, my son has decided that he wants to chime in too, since we're not in the studio, um, and he just can't stay away from people paying attention to him. Do you want to say something too, Jax? Hey, hey, everybody! What's going on? Go to bed. That's what's going on. The kid's a natural. <laughs> he is a natural, isn't he? He's I've told our manager. Him that he, yeah, he is our manager. I've told him that he's gonna that I, that I was gonna let him podcast um, soon, so he, he's itching to do that. Um, so you'll hear more from Jax later, which you guys have you've been hearing us this whole time and listening to our podcast. He's been our outro spokesperson since like day one. True. Yeah. Like yeah. So and he still does the outros. Um, I have a couple of intros of, of his too that I might start mixing in, but. Um, yeah, he's he's been a part of this just like my wife Sandy's been a part of this, um, whether she wanted to be or, or not. Um, she's been <laughs> part of this thing. We, we bring our significant others into this, even if they're not interested. So I think we're ready to go ahead and, uh, and get started with the, the real thing here. You know what? Actually, Vic, let me get you uh, a copy of the Geek Sheets, which is our geeky, nerdy news of the week. All right. Let me go ahead and grab that for you real quick here. It's like a newspaper, but on the internet and a, and much shorter. 
Yeah, it's not funny. like a newspaper at all. <laughs> In fact, it's nothing like a newspaper. Even though that's the the artwork that I use for it, is I make it look like it's a uh, a newspaper because I thought that looked cool. Honestly. Yeah, that's one of the like, things I like the most. Yeah, that was like when you first dropped that little template and showed me what it looked yeah. like. I was like, yeah. you know, it's not the most complicated looking you know piece of artwork in the world but it's so perfect like it fits exactly what this this segment's about this article yeah. is about like it everyone can recognize it it's perfect wow yeah yeah it actually makes you very nostalgic about newspapers it actually. does and that's what i was going for too wow. just, i like it yeah and there's like there's little um there's little easter eggs in each one like if you look at the comics part of it down at the bottom there's a little thing where i put uh wolverine overrated in there uh-huh. um last week when in Steve's article, he was talking about how he was sad that the Steelers weren't doing well, um, and I made that part of the the article. It said Steelers bad, Monarch sad. Like it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Look for the Easter eggs, folks. They're out there. So let's go ahead and we'll hit that uh, awesome theme music that we got for the Geek Sheets. It's time for the Geek Sheets. Here's the big news this week in the geeky nerdy world. And now introducing this week's Geek Sheets. Is Steve Monick. That's right. It's everybody's favorite time yet again. Um, so the geek sheets for this week had a little bit of a theme running through it, like I like to do. This one's all about stuff you watch. Big screen, little screen, trailers, movies, whatever. But it's all about stuff you can sit down and watch. Um, so the first one was the extended trailer of Aquaman coming out. And it was very interesting. I can't remember... In recent memory, maybe you guys can correct me if you remember, but anything where they dropped like a five, six minute, not, not like a, I, plenty of times they've done, um, what you may call it, where they'll actually like release a scene of the, the movie, but we're yeah. talking, it's an extended trailer that's like multiple different scenes spliced together, music behind it, et cetera, et cetera. But it really shows a good chunk of how the movie's going to feel, um, and it looks much, much better than I anticipated. And I also did not expect the original orange and green Aquaman outfit either. So um, there was a lot to dissect here. What, what did you guys take from it? Um, I, I, I thought it looked good. I'm, I'm excited about it. And a little more than I thought it would be because I didn't think that this was going to look as good as it does. And it... I don't. I can't say yet because it's too early to say it. But it's almost like they've got their their stuff together. You know, it's almost like DC is kind of figuring out what they're supposed to be doing with this. Mm. And it's a little late, but I don't think it's. A, I don't think there's ever such thing as too late with this. You know, um, because this one looks really really good. Um, so did the trailer for Shazam. Shazam's trailer looked really really good too. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so so yeah, I think it's uh, it'll be really really cool. Hey, um, quick note here too, uh, we're gonna add um, Mr. MC Brooks uh, to this call as well. Why wouldn't um, we? Yeah, because uh, you know, the more the more the merrier, right? That is the saying. Yes, it is. That's what they say. That is that is what people say. People use words to say those things. Yes. Um, MC Brooks, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Hey, there he is. All right. Uh, you can check him out because uh, he's been our Comic-Con um, correspondent. He's got a couple of articles on GGR right now where you can read about Baltimore Con. You can read about um, Blurred Con. Um, pretty much. A, a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been all over the place uh, this summer. So take a read of some of those. And then there's also going to be an episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks, uh, which is his podcast, and that'll be coming out here, I would say, within the next couple of days. So keep your eyes open for that one, too. Yep. Plus, yeah, that's he's, another he's... thing. Our, our library is really expanding with the different podcasts we have with oh, yeah. uh, The Overflow. We got the Geek Sheets on its own feed now. Our regular GGR Pirate Radio. Mike, stop me if you heard this. I mean, our library is expanding, so if you like what you hear, there's a lot more to subscribe to. Oh, yeah. And we're working on more stuff, too. We've got a, a buddy of uh, MCs. Uh, his name is C. Gatz. He's a, a rapper as well uh, that we're working on trying to uh, add some content with him as well because he used to be a podcaster. Uh, the only problem is, is like he um, 
he must have angered some sort of Sumerian god because he's managed to have like the worst <laughs> luck on the face of the planet the last couple of days. Jeez. So we're gonna let him get that straightened out, and then we'll let him come come and join us in our uh, our hijinks and chicanery. Um, guys, we were talking about uh, the Aquaman trailer, and uh, Vic, I'll give you a chance uh, to kind of give your impression on this, and then MC okay. will go to you. Vic, sure. what did you think about the Aquaman trailer? I actually have not seen it, believe it or not. Really? But is it um is it very the thing with trailers is that they tend to be a little bit over spoilery for me these days. Um, was this one? Did you feel was like very like showed too much, or was it like not? Do you feel not like ruined by the? I that think was Steve, something that was yeah. That's all you, bud. Go ahead. Yeah, that was something that was addressed. So the director of this film is James Wan, um, and yeah. with the extended trailer, they definitely showed a number of different elements of this movie. So there's some stuff that's underwater with like huge battles. Uh, there's a part where Mara and um, Aquaman are out like in the desert trying to find like a, an ancient way into Atlantis. There's wow. at the very end. There's this really interesting fight scene between black manta and aquaman and some of black manta's like troops um and it's basically this um un there's this uh scene where mira and this soldier like running through and above and on buildings and it's like this long uncut shot it's really interesting like filmography from that side of things but this movie is extremely bright and colorful which okay. I think is intentional. Um, so what is spoilery to me is not so much the plot, which if I had to guess, it looks like it's going to be the plot from Aquaman's new 52 stuff. So if you've seen, okay. uh, I haven't really read the comics. It was uh, Rambo who's telling us about it, but um, on Hulu, there is a ton of the DC animated stuff, uh, like okay. the hour long specials. And they did one that was justice league throne of Atlantis. And it kind of tells Aquaman's story, incorporates him into the Justice League. My guess is this movie is going to mirror that one pretty much on point. So if you want to kind of know what it's going to be, my guess is if you watch that, you'll know. Um, But the trailer itself doesn't spoil it. It just kind of gives you an idea of what the tone, the look, and some of the set pieces are going to be. Okay. That sounds like the ideal trailer, not overly spoily, but kind of still get you excited about it so that's good yeah and, yeah. and that's what james one statement was sorry that i brought him up at the very beginning and then never referenced it again um he mentioned on facebook after the extended trailer drop that he's like this his exact words were this is just the tip of the iceberg so he's kind of saying like yeah we showed you a good bit of stuff but just you know hold on to your butts <laughs> yeah i think it was i didn't think it was too much i thought it was just enough that like there it was it's enough to entice you, you know, like okay. you, you want to be interested in it. And even if you're not a huge Aquaman fan, it was like, wow, this looks cool. You get a good feel for the movie. Cause I think that that's really DC kind of has to do that now. Yeah. They have to show people, listen, this is not going to be dark and like really like depressing. Like all the other yeah, ones were overcome their horrible reputation. Exactly. So they kind of right. have to do these extended ones, but MC, yeah, go ahead, man. What you got? Uh, no, I, I pretty much uh, agree with what you guys said. I mean, I was kind of surprised that it was, what is it, it's five and a half minutes? Um, I was thinking when, when you said um, you hadn't really seen anything like it recently, Steve, like I, I was I was just thinking to myself, like I haven't seen any trailer for any movie recently that's been five and a half minutes. And while they did reveal a lot, like I'm also very excited because like you said, you kind of get a feel for the tone of this film and you kind of didn't really know what DC was going to do because everything they've been doing recently as far as their uh, on-screen extended universe has not been good. So I think this for them um, was not only a good idea, but it gets people like me and Mike and obviously you guys excited to see this film because, you know, we want DC to get their stuff together. It, you know, everyone benefits when they have their stuff together. And I think with this trailer, I mean, if if they can copycat whatever formula went into making this film the way it is for Shazam and, you know, whatever future films that they're doing, then, you know, perhaps the DCEU can actually be saved and actually, you know, become something good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you on that one, too. Yeah, um, it's I don't care about Aquaman, but I want to see this movie like they, they, they did enough. To, to make us not feel that way about Aquaman because that's the joke, man. Is he's like, yeah, yeah that's how I feel. Yeah, I'm not having seen the trailer. It's like 
the name Aquaman doesn't like uh, elicit excitement or like, oh, I've always wanted the Aquaman, Aquaman movie. It doesn't. Yeah, because think about it. Like, if if you're thinking about all of the action figures that they sell of all of the DC comic book characters from like we'll say like in the '60s when they started selling them, right? Aquaman is by far way below everybody else, right? Like, we can all uh, agree yep. that like nobody wants an Aquaman action figure. Yep. Yeah. Did anybody ever watch the show Entourage? I agree. Yes. So on Entourage, the big thing was the guy Vincent Chase was like doing James Cameron's Aquaman movie in the movie. <laughs> it was like a big inside joke. So that's yeah. I think of Entourage when I think of Aquaman. Actually, a lot of people have made that joke too. They're like, I don't want to see it if it's not going to be Adrian Grenier. So, yeah, yeah. got to be Vincent <laughs> Chase. So. Um, yeah, and like all of this too, like, um, and then yeah, and then I'll let you uh, you, you uh, have your your point here, MC. Um, with Aquaman though. Um, the thing with him too is, is like all of all the things that they've done, they, it really seems very um, crafted for them to make him not seem as lame as everybody wants to make him, as everybody perceives him to be. Because like, think about it, they chose Cal Drago, you know? They chose like this, they, they chose this gi- giant dude who's like frighteningly huge and like long hair, long beard, like he's intimidating, but he's also like super charming. They could have chosen like regular white dude with blonde hair like he's always been in the comic books, <laughs> right. but they were like, no, we need somebody who's who's going to be legit, who's going to have some street cred, you know? We don't need like, you know, some guy named Tom Johnson to right. play <laughs> to play Aquaman. They're so. trying to get all the Game of Thrones fans to go see yep. it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it was well crafted in their choice. It, yeah. It's um, it's Jason Momoa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always yeah. I always forget his name. So. Yeah. Yeah. See, um, MC, what were you gonna say? Oh, um, to follow what you were just saying just now, um, I think that, well, I I think the overall it, like changing the overall image of Aquaman overall is essentially what they needed to do because it it allows them the freedom to kind of do what Marvel did in setting up their universe, you know, in that Aquaman, while he, you know, among people like us who are familiar with the DC universe has been like the butt of everyone's jokes. I would I would venture to say that the public at large doesn't know very much about Aquaman. And so I would yeah. think that DC has this opportunity now to do what Marvel kind of did with Iron Man and some of the others, which is we can, make changes to this character and make him really badass so that when the public at large gets an opportunity to see him, he can be what we want him to be and not just the butt of the joke as he's historically been. I mean, and also if you think about it too, the last time we saw Aquaman was in the terrible Justice League movie. And I don't know about you guys, but there's virtually nothing memorable about him in that film. Aside from like one really bad joke scene about moving or not being seen or something, I don't remember what it is. But outside of that, like, there's nothing memorable about him in that film, which is unfortunate, right? But this gives an opp- this gives him an opportunity to uh, make Aquaman really awesome and really badass, and possibly get people more interested in a character that they're largely unfamiliar with. Yeah. I, I I would totally agree. I would totally agree. Um, I think that like I, that's kind of the consensus is we're all in for for Aquaman. So let's. Uh, I'm I'm open minded. So definitely. yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're open minded. Um, all right, so let's move on to uh, topic number two. Steve Monaco, go ahead. So moving from watching the trailer for a DC property, we'll move into watching a trailer for a Marvel property. Um, the full trailer for Daredevil Season 3 finally came out. We had a couple little teasers, like, at the end of Iron Fist, right? Um, we had, um, like, a little character piece on Kingpin, but then the full, like, three-minute trailer came out, and then they dropped another one that focuses fully on Bullseye and who his character is going to be. Um, I can't be more hyped for this. Like, I've kind of, like, basically since the defend like even luke cage season one and this is just me personally because that's around when my son was being born and i only watched the defenders because it came out the same time he was born so i was up many late hours you know rocking him to sleep and stuff and so i would just have the defenders on in the background but i have not kept up with it but this is one i'm going to make a point to see daredevil has been done so well kingpin looks like he's going to be awesome they're bringing in bullseye so i don't have a lot of hope for karen page living um (laughs) I don't know. It just looks fantastic. Every season of this show has 
kicked butt so far, and this one looks like it might even be better than the last two. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you, and I I think that like with Daredevil, it, it doesn't matter what any of the other shows have done, even if they're bringing their A game and it's just like a phenomenal series. Daredevil just always like comes back and he's like, oh hey Jessica Jones, oh that was an awesome series. Hey, but you know go ahead and stand back while I do this master work that I'm going to do. Like he just, Daredevil manages to be, it was the first show out and it manages to be the top show in my opinion. None of the other ones have really ever been able to be as good as Daredevil, try as they might. Like Daredevil is the best series that Netflix Marvel team up has to offer. I I don't know how any of the other ones could compete with it either just because Daredevil set the bar so high in in its first season, you know, everything else was like, well, you know, who, who, who as a casual fan even knew who Jessica Jones was. Most of your average fans don't know who Luke Cage and Iron Fist are. Um, you know, people have probably heard of Daredevil, especially because there was, I mean, all jokes aside, there was that Ben Affleck movie. It wasn't <laughs> all that long ago. So it's like yeah. it's been in the public before. Yeah. Um, you know, Jessica Jones and Iron Fist have not other than you know, video games and, and the actual comics. Um, so I think the first season of Daredevil set the bar so damn high. You know, the other ones were just pleasant surprises, but I think this is the series that most people are looking out for. Absolutely. I mean, all, if you really think about it, all this is is Marvel saying, hey, guys, we, we've given you enough appetizers, but now it's time for the main course. Yeah. And we're going to deliver. We, we're, we're, right. we, saved the best, we saved the best for last. Like we gave you some Jessica Jones to start the year, some Luke Cage to start your summer, Iron Fist to begin your fall. But you know what? It, it's time for it's time for Daredevil to come back, and that's all this is. <laughs> and even with that too, like it, it's it, to kind of go with that same analogy. It was like, hey, remember the last time you guys had Iron Fist and it wasn't very good? Yeah, listen, it was undercooked. We got a new chef back there working on Iron Fist specifically. Hey, it was way better this time, wasn't it? But hang on. You liked that? Just wait for what we got for you for the main course. Yeah, like it's everybody keeps getting better and Daredevil hasn't like even even if Daredevil was just as good as it was in season two, like it's still going to be better than any of the other ones. But it's I got a feeling that this one's going to they're going to step their game up because they're it's like they're all feeding off of each other, too. Yeah, they're seeing they're seeing that all these other shows are, are, are doing an incredible job and they're they're matching that pace. And it's. That's that's why they're kicking DC's ass, honestly. Is yeah, is yeah. they they manage to do that. They manage to up their game. And DC manages to just kinda like float. Just, just coast on Yeah. Yeah, the movie wasn't very good. Hey, but but Batman, right? But yep. Superman, right? Like, yeah, yeah, but those movies weren't good. Yeah, but Batman, Superman, huh? And Wonder Woman, and you're like, all right, fine, yeah, DC. But their values are going down slowly yeah. with each failed project. Yeah, this is this yep. is true, unfortunately. Yep. So an um, element from the trailer I wanted to bring up real quick. Um, it looked like, and to me, and I don't know if you guys saw it or not too, but it looked like from the beginning. If you remember in season one, they're in that. Um, it, was it the mayor or the city councilor? That lady, and it's Daredevil and Karen Page, and then and the place just gets shot up, and it kind of like is like a jump thing where they're just having a conversation, and all of a sudden she has her back to the window, and they just get machine gunned uh, it's towards the end of the season I, I thought I saw that scene in the beginning of the trailer I'm wondering if they're going to retcon it that that was Bullseye who was pulling the trigger for for Kingpin you know shooting them up um, I know there was a fan theory going around where the scene where um, the first episode where Daredevil and um, kingpin end up talking on that walkie talkie and that cop that's on the on the take gets sniped that sniper everyone was saying oh that's bullseye that's bullseye they're going to bring it all around and i'm wondering if they kind of pull the rug out and they're like no it wasn't him it was the other shooter in season one that was bullseye all along like I, i'm just very interested to see what they do with his story and how they tie him in if he's going to be brand new or if he's been there all along yeah that's a good point yeah um I'm I'm just really interested because like I feel like that is I mean other than Kingpin like okay so Batman is to Joker as King, as Daredevil is to Kingpin but Daredevil is or um Batman is to Riddler as Daredevil is to Bullseye like he's he's like 
way up there on the pantheon of bad guys. And like, I'm glad we're getting to see him because he's always been one of, in my opinion, one of the best villains that Daredevil has. And then you have Batman is to Crazy Quilt as Daredevil is to Stiltman. Is that correct? To finish yes. out the, the triumvirate there. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Analogy st- overload. Stilt, Stiltman. God damn. <laughs> I hate Stiltman. Um, I, I, Daredevil just, again, like he just, he that, that series keeps upping its game every single time. Like, um, and it's had the longest hiatus of the shows, right? If I if I remember, it's had the longest hiatus between seasons. Is that is that right? Yeah, for I, Daredevil, I, I, like his own season. Yeah, obviously he was in the Defenders. Yeah. So I yeah, think, I, I guess think so. That, so I was, I think that just, I mean, that just makes the public way more excited because we kind of, we kind of just haven't known when these shows were going to come back. You know, like Marvel. Generally speaking, they were doing the two every year, releasing one in the spring and one in the fall, and it just seems like they've decided to up the ante with releasing these, with releasing new seasons of these shows. I mean, I don't think anyone suspected that we were going to get all four shows this year. You know, they, you know, we knew Luke Cage was definitely coming, and then they just kind of sprung Iron Fist out of nowhere with the trailer at um, San Diego Comic Con, and then. You know, Iron Fist comes out, and then they're like, "Oh, hey, by the way, Daredevil's coming back too." So, I mean, that I think that's inter- I think that's kind of interesting from from Marvel the fact that they're producing these shows at such a uh, at a much quicker rate than they seem to have been doing before. Uh, have we heard of any plans to release any more shows for Netflix out of these properties after this? Uh, well. Uh, the next season of Punisher's, the Punisher and Daredevil wrapped around the same time, so Punisher more than likely is not too far off in the distance. Um, and I know from what I read, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage have started like pre-production for their third seasons already. Okay, I mean I know Netflix outright brought bought the <clears throat> properties to the uh, from marvel to do these with that relationship so even though disney is going to have its own streaming network too these are still netflix's to to do with as they please yeah um i just just didn't know they had fall into that category like like who else do they have access to i well i mean the general premise the way these rights have gone like so i've done some research into it with like all right what exactly does sony own what exactly did fox own before disney was picking them up um and it really seems like the general rule of thumb and it's not always 100 percent, but any characters that they so like i'm going to buy spider-man the characters that debuted in their stuff i think is usually what they're allowed to use in their films um so like I think when Fox bought the Fantastic Four, that's why they also had like Galactus and Silver Surfer and stuff like that. I don't believe that's a hundred percent for everything, because um, I think some characters, like the Punisher, technically debuted in Spider-Man, but I think he was his own thing. Um, but that seems to be the rule. So I mean, I mean, all jokes aside, like Stiltman and uh, you know Kingpin and all these various villains that are key to daredevil like i think they have access to all of them that's why they were like able to use electra and of course these are tv rights as opposed to film rights sure yeah so i mean it should be interesting either way i mean like they have access to a lot of stuff so um i, I mean i think we've the consensus is just in general like daredevil's dope and we all love it um before i go into the next topic in the geek sheets i wanted to give mc brooks a chance here um, because he has been uh, diligently managing our social media feed with any news that's coming out about more trailers or more shows that are being announced. And <laughs> I just wanted to give him a shout out to that real quick, but also to give him a chance to kind of talk about some of the stuff that also got announced this week. Um, and actually, I'm going to pull it up in the group, the, our group thing right now, which, by the way, if you're listening, um, either right now, live, or you're listening on our podcast, 
follow us on uh, on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. It's the Great Geek Refuge. We also have a group where we just talk about dumb stuff and all the nerdy things that we love. Um, but like for instance, um, there's big news on the Black Panther front on this on the sequel to that. Uh, there is big news as far as uh, more Sony um, Marvel characters. So MC Brooks, uh, take it away, man, if you're ready. Uh, sure. Um, uh, so I have three things. Uh, the first thing is uh, Ryan Coogler uh, uh, signed on to write and direct the Black Panther sequel. Um, and it seems that Marvel, once again, is going to give him control over um, what he wants to do as far as a story. I mean, obviously, it has to fit it within whatever their plans for the MCU is. Um, but they're um, they're giving him full control over um, any characters he wants to bring into it or anything like that. And from the sounds of it, they're going to begin their production work in about a year from now, in late 2019, um, with the hopes of releasing it in February or uh, perhaps even the, the summertime of 2021. So, I mean, we're still a few years off from from getting the Black Panther sequel, but um, I think it's awesome news that they've already, you know, they've decided to bring Ryan back. I think he did an awesome job with the first one. So, I mean, it only made sense to, to, to bring him back for round two, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised with how good Black Panther actually was. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I, it was one of those movies where, like, I honestly, I, th- I thought it was going to be um, lip service. Like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, look, hey, there's, this is a uh, an African-American character, or an African character, to be honest, you know, yeah. accurate. Um, and it's nothing but black actors with the exception of, like, two or three white guys. And it was going to be just lip service. Like, it was going to be just enough to be like, hey, look, we did our quota. You know, we, we hit our minimum. That's enough. But no, the movie was was fantastic. Absolutely. And, and, like, big credit to them that it was actually a decent flick and not just like, hey, we did enough just to shut everybody up about this. So Exactly. The only problem I had with it, man, was they got rid of Claw. I freaking loved Andy Serkis's, uh performance as Claw. He was just a yeah. nutbag who was having fun being yeah. a crazy villain. Yep. Plus, the other part... I read this before. When you think it was one of those things, you're like, "Wow, I didn't think about that," but it makes sense. You remember Ultron funneled him all that money in Avengers? He had like billions of dollars, and yeah. then he's running scams with Killmonger. It's like, did he spend all that money in in the <laughs> short amount of time between the two movies? Like, and then you think about how he's a nutbag, and you're like, "Yeah, he probably bought like an island or something." Like, he's a he's a weirdo. True, yeah. I mean, <laughs> anyway, I'd watch like yeah. a whole trilogy of movies just on him. Well, Andy Serkis <laughs> in general is just like he, he's. I I can't think of any performance I've seen him in where I was like, you know what, I'm I'm not I'm not digging this or I don't appreciate this or this isn't good. Like he just he brings his A game to everything he does. Like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I would have you known know a, a Killmonger spinoff also actually. Uh, just to, like, to, just to see like him as like a mercenary for hire kind of thing. I would have kept I would have kept Killmonger alive. I think honestly. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, you know how these things work. They can always bring him back. You know, no one's ever really dead in in these universes. Oh yeah. No However, they undo the snap. That could undo anything. Yeah. I mean, if they're, yeah. they're talking true. about going yeah. into quantum realm and time traveling. They can grab people from anywhere they want. I mean, if you're gonna say Red Skull's not dead, anyone could not be dead. Yeah. True. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, great point. Yeah, great point. Um, so we got news for that. Um, yep. What was some other some other uh, news that we got as far as uh, releases and uh, oh, there's another one I forgot. The third one too. Um, our buddy James Gunn that we've talked about. Uh, yes. He's got some big news too. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Take take the mic, Mister MC Brooks. Grab my mind. So uh, it's no news that Sony is going to be uh, producing a film on Craven the Hunter. And it came out this week that they're actually going to feature Spider-Man in the universe or in the movie. And it's interesting because, you know, no one expects it to be like Tom Holland. So they're probably going to, I guess, cast someone. And I guess it also is going to depend on, like, what role Spider-Man is going to have. Is it going to be one of those things where... Um, kind of like in, in the Arrowverse on television, like they reference Batman, but they never actually show him. So I w- I'm curious to see if that's how they're going to approach Spider-Man in this universe, considering this is this is supposed to be completely separate 
from the from the MCU, and it's also a departure from the original thought that they weren't going to feature Spider-Man at all, which you know is kind of weird to think about that they're going to do movies and all of these uh, Spider-Man villains and antiheroes who you know exist in the universe, but there's no Spider-Man. But came out this week that he's going to be featured. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I'm like interested in how the they're going to pull it off. Point. Go ahead, Steve. All yours. I was going to say, I'd like to hit on the Spider-Man point. From what I heard about Venom is that they were kind of subtly campaigning and petitioning MCU. Be like, hey, we kind of set it up here where, uh, you know, we can slip into you, your universe anytime you guys want. Just give us a call. We can. We'd love to hang out with you. Um, so I'm wondering if they're, like you said, going to just reference Spider-Man as opposed to have outright casting a guy you know having their own costume their own version of him whatever um i feel like they're doing a lot to try and get mcu's attention and and continue that relationship they have even though they still own the property the way they made that relationship work like with homecoming um me and my my buddy jim who's like the biggest spider-man fan i've ever met we were talking about this exact thing about craven the hunter and we were talking about like who would you cast and you know what should they do with spider-man like all these properties like they also had and talked about like the silver and black like the silver sable and black cat movie morbius the living vampire with jared leto like those kind of things and it just seems like you'd set all this up having some sort of plan to do a sinister six but all of this without spider-man doesn't make sense yep. yeah it's kind of a requirement you kind of need to have it and <laughs> It's it, they would be foolish not to do it, and honestly, like you very easily could get away with just having a dude in a mask and have Spider-Man as a point of reference and have him in the movie, but you have it from a different perspective. But honestly, like we we I think we talked about this last week too, where it, it benefits all parties involved to have both of these characters crossing over with each other. So it's like Sony. Yeah, okay, if, if there's a, a $500 million movie and it's their property, they make all 500, uh, $500 million. But if you make a movie that makes $500 million, but you didn't have as much of an investment and the and the, the proceeds – or not the proceeds, but the cost to make it is split between you and the Marvel Disney empire, then it's you're still making a good amount of profit off of it and you didn't have to spend as much. So maybe exactly. there's something in there that they could yeah. do that would be mutually beneficial for all parties. Absolutely. Um, uh, I did see uh, one other thing in reference to this. It says that the major inspiration as far as the plot for this is um, the Spider-Man tale, Craven's Last Hunt. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, I'm just honestly, like, if you say, hey, there's this comic book thing, and do, would you want, yes. The answer is always yes. Do I want to see it? So, like, do it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think it'll be cool. And the more the merrier, you know, the, the more people, the, the more people in the party, then it, it's just going to be that much fun, more fun for everybody. Absolutely. They would absolutely have to rewrite that, though, because if I'm remembering that storyline, not only is Spider-Man obviously integral, but doesn't Captain America get involved in that story as well? So, I mean, they, they would really have to restructure things if they're going to follow Craven's last time. Absolutely. I mean, so, I, I don't know what they would do, but I mean, like, it's well, and they've done it before. Like, we've seen yeah. where they mix characters up. Like before, they had the the rights to Spider Man. Um, that speech, um, well, actually, no, I guess they did have the rights to Spider Man because we saw him in uh, in a uh, Civil War too, where that speech that he gives to uh, Peggy Carter's granddaughter um, was very similar to the speech that he gave to Spider Man in the comics. So. They very easily could just interchange one character for another, mix it up a little bit. Um, but honestly, again, mutually beneficial. You know, you'd be like, hey, listen, it would really help us out, and we'd make more money, and you'd make more money if we had Cap in this too. And they may just be like, yeah, you know what? What the hell? Why not? And just as a point with that conversation, Jim said he would cast Jason Momoa as Craven. I said Gerard Butler. Those were our picks. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I would almost put Craven more like I'm trying to think of who 
would be a good casting. I like your your point, like where you're going with it with Jason Momoa, but almost like I wish I could remember the guy's name. I want to say it's Oded Fair, the guy who is the mummy in the Brendan Fraser mummy movies that they did, where he's oh. got like that kind of yeah, like Middle Eastern sensibilities and like yeah. accent. Like I think he would be good. Because um, yeah. he's had that bearded look before. If you remember, he in that awful Rob Schneider movie. Um, God, what was it called? Oh, Deuce Bigelow. He was yeah. the he was the gigolo. <laughs> he was the one with the beard and the long hair. Like he could totally play that role. All right, who at eight fifty two that Mike would bring up? Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo, because we had a pool going. <laughs> Obviously, you can't go one podcast without talking about it. It has been it has been nearly four years, and I've never mentioned that movie once. So. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, Steve? Well, hopefully, never again. <laughs> no, never. No, we will never mention Rob Schneider again on this podcast. He is, he is stricken from the record. Um, what's the? Give us a little bit of uh, insight on this James Gunn uh, news, uh, MC. So the James Gunn news. Uh, well, first things first. He uh, just got cast to direct the next Suicide Squad film for DC. Now, that was genius. That was genius on their part. Like, Absolutely, yeah. But, but, but listen. There, there's also some other great information with that too. It's it's not only that he's going to direct the 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 suicide the next Suicide Squad movie. Originally, it was thought that it was going to be a sequel from the original. But the fact is, it's actually not going to be a sequel. And they're Ooh. also they're also going to give him control over any re, uh, the recasting of any characters of his choosing. So if he wants to <laughs> redo. If he wants to, if he wants to re to recast Joker or Deadshot or anyone else uh, from the first film, he's going to completely have control over the project in that regard. Wow. You know what this reminds me of? Since you guys are, we're all familiar with sports. It reminds me of when Randy Moss was like the greatest receiver in the world, and then made the accident of going to Oakland, and everybody thought that he was worthless. And then he was done, and the Patriots were like, "Ah, you know what? We'll take him." And all of a sudden, he had like a resurgence <laughs> wow, in his career. Yeah. That's what that's what I feel like. I feel like James Gunn is Randy Moss. Like he was the darling. He was the great. He forgot to delete some old tweets that caused some problems. And Marvel was like, "Yeah, you gotta go." And all of a sudden, DC's like the Patriots, and they're like, "Hey, you want to come play for us? We'll give you whatever you want." And he was like, "All right, sure." Like this seems like this could be the the best pairing that DC could have hoped for. Like this honestly like we're starting to see them moving pieces in place that might be them finally straightening this thing out. Yep. And yeah. in addition to doing Suicide Squad, it, it sounds like they're also going to try to get him involved in some of the other uh some of the other films that they have in the pipeline. Um like not anything like New Gods cuz they're they're going to let uh Ava, you know, finish whatever she's doing with that. But anything that they're doing uh, beyond, as far as the the, the EU is concerned, uh, anything that's not currently you know in production, they're going to try to get his hands involved with it for, for whatever they're doing. Do you think? Do you think there's a clause in his contract that that Warner Brothers is like, listen, brother, we don't care what you tweet, tweet whatever you want, <laughs> just make dope movies, man. Like say whatever you want, talk talk trash about everybody. It's cool. Like <laughs> the only thing so- I know, they mentioned that they weren't interested in letting james gunn get his hands on was the green lantern stuff which i know he oh, expressed interest in mm, that's, that's because jeff, well jeff johns is like come on green lantern that's my baby you're not touching that that's that's me and it's like yeah. you know what jeff johns will do fine with the green lantern core movie so I, james gunn has plenty of other options yeah <laughs> yeah i, I mean, think he, he also he, said he wanted to do like the metal men or something like he he wants the oddball stuff cool as as he's shown with what he did with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, like he can handle the off the wall stuff. So, oh. Guardians is, is is about as weird as it gets when it comes to Marvel. You know, I feel like uh, Batista's about to jump ship. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's the biggest yeah. gun supporter. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that, uh, what's funny is there's actually news that came out uh, with that uh, this week also in saying that Marvel during their reshoots uh, specifically wanted to change whatever they were doing with the guardians for avengers 4 probably because of the hiatus uh, of um the third movie that's supposed to come out so they said that they you know there was a thought that they had finished rapping but with these reshoots that they're going on now they're redoing i guess how, how 
whatever the fate of the the Guardians was supposed to be is going to be changed going forward. Uh, Batista's going to get killed off then. I'm thinking. So. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to kill most. They're going to kill most of them. Is what it sounds Preemptively like. Preemptively, in case he chooses to, to quit, I'll just kill you. They're going to do like what Fox did with uh, James Marsden and Cyclops when he left <laughs> to go do Superman. Yeah. They'll probably leave it just as nebulous, where just like Batista's daggers are floating in midair, and it's like maybe he's dead. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> the contract negotiations. Yeah, we've got plenty of other characters that we don't need Batista. Um, so we'll we'll go into um, our our last topic here because um, we'll go ahead and wrap this up and then we'll go into horror movies. And I know that MC's got some you know some sweet raving to do. Um, hopefully he's got his hopefully he's got his glow sticks with him. So, um, but the last one that we got is um, I think and everybody was probably pretty surprised about this because of how bad the reviews were. But uh, Steve, go ahead and take it, man. Yeah, and we already started touching on this a little bit, so this can be a shorter one to wrap it up. But um, just how well Venom did box office wise, and some uh, it just is such an interesting movie. Not so much for what was on the screen, but all the stuff that's around it. So this weekend, it made eighty point two million dollars in opening Jesus. weekend, and that that bad. includes that includes a ten million dollar Thursday preview. Um, I mean, it's it, it monstrous. Uh, the, it, it shattered, I believe it was Gravity that held the opening weekend record um, for October. And Did I think that was not release movies in October because like, well, I mean, most I mean, obviously you get a lot of horror movies. There's a yeah. number of kids yeah. movies that get released. And those are such more specific audiences that you don't get the general audience. And I guess Venom was getting like walk up traffic. It's PG-13, which I thought originally was dumb. Apparently they knew what they were doing with that because they were getting families and stuff going in. Um, they were getting everybody, but I mean, eighty point two million—that's probably not too much less than what their production budget was. Now they were doing a pretty heavy marketing campaign, so like the hard and fast rule is whatever your production budget is, you double it, and that include then you're now including your marketing budget. So you know if it's one hundred fifty million dollars to make, you probably spent three hundred million total on on everything. It's not always the case, but. There was a lot of trailers and commercials and TV spots for Venom, so they probably paid a pretty penny. But they're going to make their money back, and then some. I, I would say. Oh yeah, and like, I gotta give I gotta give Sony props with this too. Like, I I used to be a very staunch Sony detractor because working in the video game industry before I, I did what I'm doing now, um, Sony had a reputation of just not giving a flying F about any of their fans or any of their uh, customers whatsoever. And this was right around the time that um, the James Franco movie, uh, the interview came out and it got hacked and caused all of those problems. It shut down the Sony PlayStation Network for like months at a time and Sony just did not care. They did nothing for their customers and it caused, I mean, they fired like half of their wow. CE, like all of their uh, higher ups. Like it was like a total overhaul. Jeez. And ever since then, Sony yes. has really stepped their game up. And like right now, I mean, in MC, I mean, you can speak to this, like in, in the console wars, when it used to be 360 versus PS3, mm -hmm. PS4 is smashing Xbox One right wow. now. Like better <laughs> games, better system. Like every, like Sony has really like, they really took, took, the to, yeah, they, they really took the feedback and they were like, all right, we yep. got to do something about this. And we're seeing it with the movies that they're doing. They're like, OK, cool. We're going to work yeah. with some of these other groups. We're going to let Marvel have access to Spider-Man. Um, I, I got to give yep. them credit, man. And like I, I very rarely do that with corporations where I'm like, oh, these corporations are doing good because they're all like evil in my head. But like yep. Sony really seems to be like on the right track with Next this. Next step is to lower the prices on their TVs, though. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Give me that cheap 4K Absolutely. TV, Sony, please. <laughs> Absolutely. And and, and, and uh, I can actually um, add on to that just because they listened to the fan feedback from the Spider-Man game that came out. I mean, I've been playing it kind of nonstop. I just finished my second playthrough <laughs> Jesus. of it just a, a, few day, a few days ago. Um, but from the sounds of it, they've been listening to all of the fan feedback um, from just the first couple of weeks that the game has been out. And they're actually going to be adding on some DLCs of some of the fan suggestions, like having a new game plus option and adding some other some other things that they're um, some more difficult enemies and whatnot, not only for the next pat the next download. So for the, the sequel that they're doing. 
Which, uh, speaking of which, Sony appears to be kind of leaning towards a MGU, if you will, as far as using the Spider-Man game to kind of set up a gaming universe. Wow. Uh, a gaming universe for some of their other things as well, which is also something that people like were kind of excited about because of all the Easter eggs that were in just the Spider-Man game itself. So, I mean, I think it's awesome that, that Sony is, is deciding to you know, really take in what fans have to say. I mean, just just from the social presence, like, it's, it's not even a contest between Sony and, and Microsoft, um, at least from the gaming side of things. Like, it's it's, it's no contest. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, I, I didn't think I would ever get to this point in my life where I would say bravo to Sony because I was like, <laughs> for the longest time, I was like, nope, no Sony. Like, even to the point where, like, Sony products, I was like, we had... They had this really, really good deal on Blu-ray players at one point when we were upgrading from DVD to Blu-ray players mm-hmm. in our house. And they were selling the Sony Blu-ray players for, like, cheap. And I was, like, staunchly against it. I was like, nope, I'm not putting Sony products in my house. They can kiss my butt. <laughs> and I I broke on that where I was like, you know what? They're so cheap that whatever. And I just, like, the Blu-ray player that is in the living room that we are sitting in right now, that I'm looking at right now, I just hooked it up to our internet connection. It did this massive, like, update for all of its firmware and stuff like that. And that Blu-ray player is, it's connected to the internet. It's like a, it's a hub where I can do just about every video servicing you can think of. Nice. I'm super impressed. And that's like a four or five-year-old system, too. So, like, I was, I'm, again, bravo. Bravo, Sony. Good, good, (laughs) good work, man. You guys really, really straightened your stuff out. And like, yep. honestly, like I, I liked Venom a lot when I was a kid. Like I had when he first started doing his own solo series. I had that there was like a, a three or four run uh, issue that uh, that they did that was really really good. He was in San Francisco. Yeah. He was fighting Demo Goblin. Uh, Morbius showed up. It was just a really really cool series. And when I saw this movie, this movie made me think of that. And I was like, mm. I, I'm gonna have to go see this because. I like that they're making Venom his own standalone thing instead of it being like a and a horrible Spider-Man three movie exactly with with <laughs> with, with, friggin', with friggin' Eric Foreman as Venom like oh, like shoot, nobody believed in there nobody believes him like yeah, I yeah. I just was hoping that Red Foreman was gonna show up and like threaten to put his foot up his ass like the whole time why like, Raimi why <laughs> Raimi said there was a lot of studio involvement it's a big behind the scenes stuff with spider-man 3 apparently yeah his original vision i guess but yeah and it's a shame too because Raimi's such a good director he's so much fun he with, with all of his the, stuff he showed with the first two i love spider-man 2 i think it's still one of the best yeah uh comic movies all time and it's i mean it's a I, great segue for us too because we'll be talking about some Raimi stuff here in, uh, in the next part of uh and in, in part two of our episode of tonight's Master episode also, yeah indeed. go ahead steve what were you saying I was just gonna say i can't decide if i like homecoming or spider-man 2 better that's how well spider-man 2 holds up that's true. Yeah, that's interesting. That dude, when you have a superhero movie that can make make tug at the heartstrings, that part when he stops that train, and like his yeah. his mask gets ripped off, and like all the people on the train are just like, my god, he's just a kid, like. Yeah. And then the one little kid hands him the mask. He's like, here's your mask, Spider Man. We won't tell anybody. I, that that gets me in the feels every single yeah, time. Yeah, like, I don't know. Homecoming didn't have uh, I didn't have as much of emotional connection as you just said. I feel yeah. like with the characters, but yeah. It did for me a little bit, and I know you haven't seen it, Mike, so I, I hope it doesn't – I hope you don't mind if I give some details about it. Nah, you know me, man. I'm good. Go ahead. Yeah. So, like, um, there's a very early issue. God, what is it? Is it – oh, might be Amazing Spider-Man 11. I don't know, I'll, I'll think of it later. Um, but basically, Spider-Man's fighting Doc Ock, and he gets the building collapsed on top of him, and he has to, like, lift the whole thing off, and it becomes a very, very um, – seminal scene in in spider-man lore and they recreate that in the film and the part where he's like trapped under the rubble and he's like help help and he's like broken and everything and then he's like lifting up he's like come on peter and he like can't do it and then he's like come on spider-man come on spider-man and yeah. like he keeps like yeah. um and then there's the part at the very end where the vulture is trying to get away and his suit's blowing up and he's just like webbing him and he's like i'm trying to save you like he's not trying to fight the vulture or beat him or anything like that he's trying to save him and i was like that's awesome and another thing i read about spider-man from from the homecoming side of things is um and i never realized it he never punches a villain once he always webs them up or does different incapacitation type technique 
Like wow. he never actually punches anyone in the face. And I was like, huh, that's pretty awesome. His his one his one rule, he won't punch him in the face. Wow. Yeah, like bad, Batman's it's just one like rule. Batman and guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to break your one rule. Wow. And punch someone in the face. That's crazy. I mean, I'm I'm even more enticed in watching this. Movie and actually, now. Michael Keaton was fantastic in that movie. He was amazing. Oh man, so yeah. good. Because you kind of still like this character. That's even when he's doing bad stuff and you know where it's headed. You kind of yeah. still. That's how you know a villain is good is when you're still yeah, when you still like you can them. see his yeah. perspective a little bit. So yeah, um, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's uh, episode of the Geek Sheets on GGR Pirate Radio. Um, I definitely want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, let me thank uh, Mr. Vic Azim. Vic, you're a writer when you're not doing uh, this podcasting thing we're doing tonight, but when you're also not doing that horrible job that we work I, out across the street. Um, I sway between writing and procrastinating on writing. So Yeah, so. that's. I mean, that's that, every writer does that, man. So. It's like 90% procrastination, 10% writing, I say. So. Exactly. And then when you write something really, really good after procrastinating, you're like, see, this is why I procrastinate. Because ah. I was able to pull this off. And it's I'm just getting my yeah. mind to rest, that's all. Exactly. Just, uh, you know. um, <laughs> where can we find your books? And then just like, like, what kind of stuff do you write? Like, what kind of, what kind of things do you write that... Well, I mostly dab in the horror comedy genre, I would say. Okay. Um, it's all on Amazon. Just search Vic Azim. Um, Which is V-I-K... V-I-K. Azim, A-Z-E-E-M. That's it, yep. Yeah, and they're good stuff too, man. Like, they're actually, if you look over in that bookshelf right there, I got all three of your books. Oh, you're repping, so, I appreciate yeah. that. Of course, man, of course. I've, I've enjoyed them very, very much. Um, I appreciate that. But we also have other talented folks that work here. The guy who's been running the Geek Sheets, his name is Steve Monick. Not only does he run this part of the podcast, he also is the one who writes these articles every week too. So big props to Steve. Um, we have a going competition of back and forth who can give each other the more ridiculous title. Mm. Um <laughs> when it comes to um, the articles, like he throws something in there for me, I throw something in there for him. Uh, I think this week he, he made a Conan the Barbarian reference for me, and I made a uh, Jack Skellington the Pumpkin King reference for him. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we try to, yeah, we try to keep it uh, diverse here. <laughs> and for you nerds, I said it was Spider Man issue 11. It's Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man issue 33. Spider Man issue 11 is a different time he fights Doc Ock that I had in my brain. So, I had to look that up. Because I can't ever be wrong about those kind of things on the podcast yeah. without correcting myself. <laughs> if you if you're really really quiet and you listen, you can hear the sigh of relief from nerds all across the country. <laughs> yeah, it was like They're the time like... I said Secret Wars and I meant um, Secret Invasion, and I like freaked <laughs> out about it on the podcast. I was like, I know it's Secret Invasion. Don't don't hurt me. Um, <laughs> I can't be wrong about these things. <laughs> I understand. Well, since since I did an analytical look at our, our numbers here, we have to definitely make sure that we keep uh, all the nerds in Oregon happy because, um, Steve, I don't know if you saw this or not, but like I, I was looking at all of our numbers for the website, and it turns out that of all the states, if you take Pennsylvania and Virginia, because they're ranked number two and number three respectively, and the total number of people that listen from those states. If you take those two states and you add them up, it does not even come close to equaling the total number of listeners that we have in the state of Oregon. Hmm. I have no idea why. I, wow. I, I have I have a buddy from high school that lives there, and I have a guy that actually has the exact same name as me, a guy named Mike Lunsford who lives out there. Huh. But other than that, I have no idea why Oregon is like our, our GGR hub, but thank you, Oregonians. Like, yeah. huh. go Ducks and Trailblazers, I guess. Like. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep listening. Keep reading our stuff, man. We appreciate it. Um, The person I wanted to end on is um, a guy who's been having a rough time with his art lately because he had a hard drive that had all of his music on it that crashed. And hopefully, fingers crossed, he's going to bring it down here. And hopefully between me and EK the DJ, we can resuscitate this uh, this hard drive. I've tried to keep his hopes up because I would have been devastated had that happened to me. Um, but his yeah. name is MC Brooks. Um, but here's the great thing about MC Brooks and his music. You can still find it. Because, for instance, you can go to Bandcamp, bandcamp.com. Just search MC Brooks. He's the first one right there. And you can listen to his album, Dark Dawn. Not only can you listen to his album, you can pay him money for doing this wonderful thing that he does. He's got a show coming up. When is your show, MC? Uh, Wednesday at the Howard Theater. 
Wednesday at the Howard Theater, uh, you can get tickets. Uh, you can go see him do his thing live. The guy's incredibly talented. We've played his music on the show. We will continue to play his music on the show because the dude has got some ridiculous skills. So I wanted to give him a shout out for sure. Um, seriously, if you're listening right now and you consider yourself a friend or a fan of anything GGR or even our other project that we worked on, Rock Deep Rogue Radio, and you're not either buying his music or going to a concert, it's a personal insult to me, to GGR, to Steve, to Vic, to MC Bro. I'm offended. How dare you? Help this guy. His house is flooded like nine times. His hard drive broke. Give the guy like seven bucks. It's not asking much, okay? There you go. There you go. So there's my there's there's my there's my bully there's my bully my bullying attempt to try to get people to help MC Brooks out. I was expecting you to break out into the monologue from Taken, where you're like, "I will find you and I will kill you." For for a throwback from our comics online pirate radio days, uh, the only time we threaten people is when it comes to baconators, Steve, and you know that. Yeah, no, but seriously, I'll kill you. Don't get between me and the baconator. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us for this particular episode of uh, the Geek Sheets on GGR Pirate Radio. MC Brooks has got a really uh, uh, dope rave that he's got to attend. Uh, So when we come back here, and it'll be in just a couple minutes, uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite horror movies. Um, So stay tuned. Stay right here on um, Mixler, if you're listening via Mixler, which let me give a shout out to to Jay Rocca, who is – let me tell you about this guy, okay? So Jay Rocca is a friend of a friend. Uh, Rocky Parrish, the guy who runs um, Rock Deep Rogue Radio and, and has his own shoe line and clothing line and like all that stuff. Um, he introduced me to Jay because Jay is an aspiring podcaster as well. Jay does his entire show about MMA. So if you're an MMA fan, if you're into any of that stuff, which, uh, by the way, there's some crazy shit going on in the MMA world right now. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I bet you've got yeah. a ton to talk about this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to take a look at his show. I want to say it's Head Movement is the name of it, off the top of my head. Yeah, it is Head Movement MMA. Look at me. I am pretty good at remembering things sometimes. Uh, Head Movement MMA. Take a look at it. Give it a listen. It's a great show. Uh, He's a really, really good guy, too. And you know how we are. We only support the best of the best. So there you go. Um, But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned. we got more great content coming up. In fact, let's turn on our spooky voices here. The next episode of Pirate Radio will be all about horror movies. <laughs> this has been a Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!